ATP Podcast, episode 15. Today, my guest is Tyler and I... Cornbloom. Cornbloom. Nice <laughs> to meet you. Tyler, Tyler is a PT and a pelvic health specialist, I hear. Yes. Yes, so I've got put into contact with you through our mutual friend, Alexis, who I recently just did a podcast with. Uh, tell me, how did uh, you guys meet? Um, so I actually kind of reached out to her. Um, so I kind of found her through my gym at Mosaic Climbing. Okay, where's she that? Doing, it's up in Loveland. Okay. So she was doing like a wellness thing and we were kind of promoting her. Um, and then I checked out her profile. I really liked everything and all the education that she was putting out into the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so I reached out to her and asked if she was interested in going to pelvic health route. And she said yes. So here we are. Okay. <laughs> so what makes one a pelvic health specialist? Yes. Can you describe it? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. About that. Yeah. So um, I'll kind of go into detail about the training behind it. Okay. Because in PT school, literally, I think we had one class over it like you really don't learn much about it yeah which is sad but <laughs> With most most things i know, I know. <laughs> um so a lot of the stuff that you do is post-grad mm. so i've taken there's this thing called cat pelvic um as a certification that kind of really certifies you in saying that you know what you're doing when it comes to pelvic health issues. Okay. Um, so I've taken three out of the four of those classes, and then I have to kind of finish a um, little research study for it, and then I have my certification. Oh, right on. Yeah, so I'm super close, but. So why the the pelvic health focus? What, why did that become kind of your niche area to look at, at least for now? Yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, I have pelvic floor disorder. Okay. Um, or dysfunction, I should say. Um, and so I've always been kind of interested in rooting for the underdog, I guess you could say. So people who have been left behind in medicine, um, that's super common in pelvic floor dysfunction because there's not a lot of research behind it. Um, It doesn't seem like a big deal. I say doctors put out fires, they don't want to blow away smoke. Yes, exactly, exactly. (laughs) And it's really often that like missing puzzle piece for so many things like Mm -hmm. low back pain, hip pain, SI pain, like everything that a lot of people just don't put that focus into because you're going into a very personal area. Oh, yeah. And so people are uncomfortable with that. They don't really want to go there. Um, so it's kind of a like, if not me, who mm. type of thing. Okay. That I definitely have the personality to do it. Um, I have the drive to do it. So I did it. So what makes a functional pelvis versus a dysfunctional pelvis? And if yeah. you mind sharing kind of your personal case, just so yeah, we can yeah, idea. totally. Um, so, I guess I'll explain more about like what the pelvic floor is. Yeah, why don't you elaborate on that too. Okay, yeah. so it's a group of muscles that run between your pubic bone to your coccyx bone. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of controls everything from urinary, um, like voluntary um, function of the urinary and bowel system, mm-hmm. um, but also sexual function. Mm. So if there's anything going on with how those muscles are functioning, that's going to influence how everything else works. Okay. Um, It also connects into your core, which, as we know, influences your back, influences your SI, like Mm -hmm. so many things. That's the the center mass of our structure is that lumbo-pelvic region. Yeah, exactly. It's very important. (laughs) Yeah, so if you don't have that foundational core, you know, you can have shoulder pain. Mm -hmm. You can have all these different things that people don't think about to right. connect that. So it's super interesting. That's pretty cool. So so part of it is almost a, a 
forgive my terms, but like a no. biochemical approach to it where like you were talking about, mm -hmm. it has to do with our urinary tract, our bowel yeah. movements, our sexual organs, things like that. Like It can be, it's more of the function. Okay. It really is. Like there is some um, like theories behind what you're saying, Okay. but it really is like the muscles control the opening. Okay. So you, you yeah. deal with mostly the structure and yes. the function of yes. it physically, mm -hmm. but be good function and that translates to all those yes. other yep. down the road. Yep. Okay, that yeah, makes exactly. sense. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So before you were doing that specialty, mm -hmm. were you were in PT school already? Uh, what were you yeah. kind of doing? So I started my training in PT school. Okay. Um, I had a clinical in it and just, I mean, ought fell in love with it immediately. It was yeah. amazing. The the difference that you can make in people's lives because they you're usually their last line because mm -hmm. they've tried so many <laughs> other things because nobody knows about it. Right. So it's really awesome to kind of get that type of interaction and like type of progression. Yeah, yeah. that's funny because you talk about that last line. That's what Alexis was talking about, mm -hmm. hoping to make it like, you know, we're not here to be the last line necessarily. Yeah. You can come see us. Exactly. Let's, let's take care of it before it becomes right. that big of an issue. Yes. Do you, yeah. uh, have you dealt with that a lot in your experience so far that you get mostly the end of the people? Have you gotten anyone that started to come more? It's more common to get it towards the end. Yeah. Just cause like I said, there's, we need to do better at educating people mm -hmm. about this type of stuff. Um, but definitely recently pelvic floor therapy has been getting a lot more popular, okay. which is awesome. Because you do get people saying, well, I mean, I don't really have urinary incontinence. Like, I pee a little when I jump, like every yeah. now and then. I'm like, that's awesome, because you're <laughs> recognizing that that's a dysfunction. You're recognizing that it's not normal and that there's something to do about it. Yeah. That's great. I love it. So what what are common things that you see then that make a pelvis dysfunctional? And then what, what does make it like or how do you correct that? What makes yeah. it good? Or we'll start with what's a good. What is an ideal pelvis? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the ideal pelvis, I guess that would just be the muscles are able to elongate. Okay. Um, so that's that. That's actually you asked about my personal mm -hmm. um, experience. I have overactive pelvic floor, and so that's where the muscles aren't able to elongate as okay. much as they should. Um, so symptoms with that, um, constipation is a huge one, sexual pain, mm. that kind of stuff because the opening isn't allowed to expand to the point that it needs to. Okay. So that's kind of where it plays into that. Now, is there, what's kind of the mechanism behind that? What's, what are some root causes of that kind of issue? It can be a lot of different things. Um, stress okay. is a huge one. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I can say this because this is personally my experience. Okay. Um, I am the type of person to hold on to stress. Mm -hmm. And if you think about kind of the natural way, like an animal protects themselves, they tuck, tuck their tail. Makes sense, okay. Yeah. yeah, and it's a protective mechanism. You know, you hold your stress kind of deep within, mm -hmm. oftentimes that's in the pelvic floor. Wow. And so it can lead to stuff. There's other, you know, it, it, it's really on an individual basis, Yeah. but that's a super common one. So that you become overactive, over-tightening, yep. and then because you never relax, it mm -hmm. never has that ability to lengthen in the other yep. direction? Yep. Okay. Yeah. What does that do? Does that do anything to us structurally? Does that throw off our mechanics it and our way we can. gait mm -hmm. or anything like that? Yep. Yeah? Yep. What's totally. a typical, so it probably causes back issues, things like that, up the chain yep. a little bit? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So what are some things, How? what's a rudimentary approach to 
elongating your pelvic muscles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, so it's called down training. Okay. Um, so we first start with what's called diaphragmatic breathing. Mm -hmm. View. Okay. So I know. actually, my last podcast, the mm -hmm. guy was just, are you familiar with Postural Restoration Institute? Nice. He just explained, I did the balloon thing. So yes. I just, okay. I literally just learned about all this. Very okay. Cool. Okay. Cool. So this you, is awesome. So you might know some of this. Yeah. Okay. Um, so your diaphragm sits kind of on your lower ribs. That's mm -hmm. where it attaches into. Um, and that is directly parallel to your pelvic floor. Okay. So when you um, contract your diaphragm, it pushes down into the abdominal cavity, and then that you, you have like this natural connection where your pelvic floor elongates. Okay. And so when the diaphragm comes back up, it relaxes. The pelvic floor naturally kind of comes up. So you can imagine it like a pistoning effect, mm -hmm. where one goes down, the other goes down. So we really try to start and connect those two things, that diaphragm and that pelvic floor, okay. because having that natural connection is really going to allow those muscles to elongate, relax, do what they need to do. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, now, how difficult is that to do with someone? Does it, uh, well, it probably varies a lot. Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah. yeah. Um, it totally... It, it feel, I feel like all my answers are like, it depends. Don't, don't worry, because I'm so used to that. I always... I usually even start off by saying, yeah. I, I'm going to ask you what's typical, although I understand that nothing is typical. Yeah, yeah, I know. But uh, I maybe just take kind of a case of like... Yeah. Uh, I honestly haven't had that much difficulty with it. Okay. I feel like people get it pretty fast. Okay. Um, I, I guess my better question yeah. would be, is it... Is it more of like developing the skill and you're fine and you have it, or is there a, an adjustment adaptation period for your body? Yeah, um, I think it's more of a skill learning <laughs> okay. thing. Like um, I teach them, you know, what a proper diaphragmatic breath looks like, because mm -hmm. um, a lot of people, you know, try to use their abdominal muscles or like other compensations. So I want to make sure that they have that down first, but also kind of being there to give them feedback so that they know what a pelvic floor elongation feels like. Because mm. especially if you have overactive, your body doesn't really know what it should feel like, okay. you know? So it's a lot of just kind of like trial and error, almost like an experiment, yeah. kind of seeing what works for that individual okay. to get that going. I see what you're saying. How, so how do you how do you assess the pelvic floor then? Mm -hmm. Like how do you, what's something yeah that you do to be like, okay, well yours is elongating yep. or it's not? Yeah. So this is what makes me different from anyone else who's not a pelvic floor PT. Who's, who's not? Yes. Okay, yes. gotcha. Um, we do internal exams. Okay, yeah. wow, yeah. On, on men and women. Yeah. Um, and non-binary individuals. So um, that is literally, so females are used to going to the gynecologist. Mm -hmm. um, very similar, but we don't use a speculum. Okay. Because we're not visually looking at anything in the vagina. We're not looking at the cervix. Mm -hmm. We're purely just trying to assess the function of those muscles. Okay. Um, there are other ways to look at how the pelvic floor is functioning without doing an internal exam, but it's mm -hmm. not a gold standard. Yeah. So you're looking more kind of like on the outside, um, looking like is it moving properly? That kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Like, so the, the guy's interviewing, he was doing yes. the diaphragm and he mm -hmm. was always sticking his hand underneath me, having me lay mm -hmm. on the floor and like 
basically by feeling the pressure change. So something yeah. similar to that, is that yeah, how you can yeah. tell something's moving? Okay. Yeah, I try to have them, and everyone's different in how they explain it and how they like get people to do it properly. Mm -hmm. But I try to have them to kind of push into their lower rib cage, not push, it isn't the right word, but kind of like focus on that lower rib cage section because mm -hmm. that's where the diaphragm is. So that's the part that we want moving. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of, like you said, it's, it's a skill. It's not really a strength thing. No. Do people don't have typically have weak pelvic floors? Um, yes. Okay. Yes. So that's the other side of it. Okay. That. It's very complicated. Gotcha. So sometimes <laughs> like it's a, a skill, sometimes it. it's a strength. Yeah. I see that a lot with what I yeah. do with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so how does one strengthen? Yeah, so um, that, and I'll, I'll break it down a little bit more because if you have overactive pelvic floor, it can also be weak. Okay. So you can think about it, you know, if you're doing a bicep curl, you mm -hmm. want to strengthen in that full range. Because mm -hmm. if you're stuck up past 90 degrees, you're going to be super strong there. But A, the muscle is going to get really fatigued because mm -hmm. it doesn't have its full range. And B, if you ever go past the range that you're used to, there's no strength there. Right. So um, just because you have overactive doesn't really say anything about the strength. Okay. Um, so uh, I guess we'll talk more general though. So if you have underactive pelvic floor, okay, is usually when we really focus on the strengthening at first. Um, and that is, have you ever heard of a Kegel? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't really like that. <laughs> Nah. I think there's a lot of misinformation out there. Well, you learn it. it in high school, so you think something no, yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. And, then <laughs> yeah. and I mean, it's, it's not the name or anything like that. It's more the information that's out there behind it. Right. Um, so literally, you look up like pelvic floor, anything, mm -hmm. you'll see just do Kegels. Yeah. <laughs> like that's everyone's answer, um, but it's not always the case. Okay. So to bring it back and explain it a little bit more, um, your overactive pelvic floor, you don't want to do kegels. Mm. You know, they're still because you're weak. already used to contracting yes, so yes. strong. Okay. So they're already in that range. Yeah. If you keep adding strength to that range, mm -hmm. it, it's going to make things worse. Mm. So you want to focus first on elongating the pelvic floor, and then we do strengthening. Okay. So they're different, and I think you know where the issue is in our culture um, is we just want a quick little fix and oh, yeah. just do kegels is the great you know great answer but it's it's not appropriate for everyone right okay so how does so is the breathing what elongates the pelvic floor one of the things one of the things mm -hmm. is there what other kind of techniques i'm trying yeah. to wrap my head around this yeah totally bit. um so that's just kind of the initial thing that we start with mm -hmm. we also do um it can be internal um kind of myofascial release, okay. trigger point release, just like if you had a trigger point in your back. Mm -hmm. Same exact thing, it's just internal. Okay. Um, we also want to make sure that the supportive muscles of the pelvic floor are turning off when they're supposed to and that they aren't overactive as well. Okay. So your adductors, um, your glute muscles, we wanna make sure that those aren't you know, adding to the symptoms. Okay. Because if those muscles are too tight, right, um, that the pelvic floor isn't going to be able to go where it needs to go. Yeah, it's like everything else on the body; it needs right. to properly balance. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to have some kind of issue. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Now, do you deal exclusively with this type of people right now? Um, not exclusively. No, I okay. have actually um, a few patients right now that uh, I haven't seen them yet, so I don't know. Okay. But. Um, 
you know, face value, it seems very generally orthopedic. Okay. But I think my position is super unique um, because they're coming to me with low back pain and SI pain. And I love it because I know how to screen um, for the pelvic floor. Mm. And if there's anything that I'm like, well, that kind of seems like it might be related to the pelvic floor, they might not know that, yeah. but I do. And it, it's awesome. You kind of get to lead yeah. them in that direction or, yeah. Yeah, enjoy, or enjoy the process of boiling it down back exactly. to that. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. How, uh, how hard is it to get people to be comfortable with something like that a little bit? Because it's yeah. a sensitive area to kind of yeah. deal with. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. especially, you know, you're a stranger at first, so right. it's, it's a little yeah. weird. But I think personality and confidence is all. Okay. That's it. You have to be personable. You have to be confident. Like, you cannot (laughs) go into it being like, oh, you know, you you can't shrivel up. You have to be like huge presence, take up space. Like, you just have to be confident in what you're doing. I really think is the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. They need to be confident in you. Um, Yeah. So I think that's do you do you deal with a lot of hesitation, or are most people because they're they know they're here for their health that they mm-hmm. can at least separate that and be like, okay, this there's a good reason for this. There is some hesitation. Um, if I notice that at all, or if I feel like they're kind of starting to disassociate, like kind of look off and like try to go to another place, you know, kind of separate themselves from what's happening, I don't do an internal exam. Okay. So I want to make sure that they feel safe, Mm -hmm. that they feel comfortable. Um, So I keep the beer. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Uh, (laughs) So, um, yeah, they're my first priority. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't want to make anything worse. And often if they do have, you know, these thoughts about... um, like fear or any type of anything negative mm. that can often make their symptoms worse. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I don't even want to go there from a PT standpoint, but also obviously from a person, Right. you know? Yeah. Well, you won't be able to effectively do what you need to do yeah. if, if all things aren't in place like that. I right. understand. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So we work, um, if that's the case, we work a lot on um, kind of desensitizing to the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so just getting them used to me, getting them to trust me and what I do. And I like really overemphasize the education in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I explained way too much, <laughs> I do <the> same thing. <laughs> but I want them to know what I'm looking at and why I'm looking at it. Yeah. <clears throat> That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so even though maybe not exclusively dealing with your fine, don't worry about that. Okay. That's all part of it. Um, even though you're, you're not really exclusively dealing with it, most cases you're kind of able to, it, it plays a part, so you're mm-hmm. able to kind of do in, introduce your specialty almost yeah. in any case. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what were you doing before mm-hmm. all of this? Were you at a, another facility? Were you working as a PT? I just graduated, actually. Oh, you just graduated. Okay, how old are you? Yeah, uh, 25. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so this was your first, this is your yes. first... I did, a big, PT did it big show. the first time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, I uh, want to ask you this then, because yeah. I'm a big fan of what Alexis did and mm-hmm. that she kind of branched away from the traditional model. Mm-hmm. Were you looking for that? Initially, I was. Okay. So, um, yeah, all my clinicals in PT school were like the traditional model. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I feel like I pour myself into all my patients. 
So having two, three patients an hour was very exhausting. Mm -hmm. I would go home and just crash. Like I, I, I didn't have a life. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's something people don't understand yeah. in a one-on-one -on -one service that yeah. there's a lot of energy that goes into oh it. And gosh. depending on the, the client or patient too. It, mm -hmm. So I've, I've had sessions that give me energy and I've had some that I yeah. feel like depleted all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally, so, totally. And you're, if you're pumping them out that quick over mm -hmm. and over and putting that energy, it can be tough. Yeah. yeah, so I feel like my quality of care, if I'm able to focus, A, a full hour, but mm -hmm. I also have time, you know, to kind of review stuff before and after and really think about my plan of care, like really be careful with it. Mm -hmm. um, whereas in other settings, I was not like that yeah. at all. I was like, oh, what did I do with that one other patient? Oh, I'll just do that with them because I only have 20 minutes. Right. So the, I mean, people got better. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying like I was a terrible, you know, student or anything like that, but I definitely think the quality is way higher mm -hmm. when you have the ability to put that much energy into it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now you, you touched on before about the, the PT school and how it kind of maybe differed a little bit from what mm -hmm. you learned afterwards. Yeah. How much of what you feel like you've done, so how long, how long have you actually been working now? Um, this is my second week. Okay. Hey, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. So, uh. Maybe, and you can say maybe you haven't had enough time yet then, but mm -hmm. how much of it, well, I'm sure you've had plenty of experience mm -hmm. in and out though, of practicing it yeah, versus yeah. what you learned. Yeah, totally. How much, how much different is that for you? Um, well, I had a clinical in pelvic health. Okay. Um, so that, and that was a pelvic, I love them so much. It's done physical therapy in Louisville. Okay. Um, they're amazing. And they specialize in pelvic health for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of people really focus on females around um, pre postnatal, which I think is great. Mm -hmm. um, but I, you know, kind of share that value with Dunn and that I feel that, you know, men, People in LGBTQ who maybe, you know, aren't going to go the baby route kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, women who don't have babies or who don't want to have babies. All those people still have pelvic floor dysfunction. Yeah. Um, so I really wanted to kind of focus on that. Um, but to answer your question, I kind of got off my little... No, you're fine. <laughs> soapbox. Um, so yeah, I had that clinical and then I did three um, out of the four classes. And I feel like the clinical and then the classes, we really focused on the practicality of everything. Mm -hmm. So practicing like all the tests, all the treatments, all that stuff. I feel like I have a great foundation. Um, yeah, does that answer your question? Yes, um, <laughs> I'm curious to see, so, because Alexis, and I have both found this at least in our, and I, actually my education's not traditionally in my field. Yeah. Um, but uh, just pointing out a little bit of the differences of the, the standardized educational route that is taken and the differences mm -hmm. between real life okay. application a little bit. Okay. Do you find that? You can gotcha. say it was pretty on par, but I, I'm just curious to hear your experience. I think mine, for pelvic health, I think mine's a little unique because uh -huh. we only had, like I said, like one class of it. Mm -hmm. And actually the person that taught that was my CI okay. at Dunn. So it was pretty, it was good, yeah. um, but it was really just covering the very basics. Okay. We didn't do anything in lab. We didn't learn how to do, you know, any of the practical stuff because we didn't have time. Mm. Um, so I think 
where I learned it all was in that practicing yeah. mode. It was already in you know the real life, so it is a little bit different. Um, but yeah, with other topics like just general orthopedics, yeah. I definitely feel like real life is so much different than school. Okay, that's oh what I'm curious gosh. to see. I'm finding so that trend, different. and I ask people, and I appreciate you yeah. answering me honestly because I'm just curious to see yeah. like how much of what what we've learned or mm-hmm. being told to learn is is as useful as the practice of it. Yeah, and yeah. I think like you have, we have to learn the the gold standard of how it's supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and they always taught us this, like you may not ever do it like this, mm-hmm. but we have to teach you how it's supposed to happen so that when you get out into the real world and you're dealing with real people who are individuals and no one's the same, mm-hmm. that you know how to modify it to fit them. Well, that's, a, that's the first I've heard. That's a really good way of putting yeah. it, though, is like mm-hmm. the understanding that it's going to be different. Well, that's right. that's good. Yeah. Sounds like. Bellarmine's great. I, I loved it yeah. there. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Um, so what other areas are, are you looking to? So you said you've got one more and then you're fully certified. Yes, yes. After that, what's, do you got a plan? Are you kind of? Oh yeah. Yeah? Of course. (laughs) I'm a planner, so (laughs) I always have a plan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so this cat pelvic, it really isn't like, um, not to, you know, degrade it or anything, Mm -hmm. but it's not the best certification. Mm -hmm. It's really kind of an entry certification. Yeah. Um, So it's really just saying like, you know how to treat this, um, but it's not saying that you're an expert or anything okay. like that. Not to say that people who have cap pelvic or right. aren't experts, like no, they... experience comes with that. Mm-hmm. But um, I am planning on going for my WCS, and that's a women's health um, specialist. Okay. And they've changed it recently because it used to be only for women, but now they're kind of incorporating more knowledge and education in men's health and other aspects okay. of pelvic health. Yeah. So it's broader. I think they're really trying to change the name because they don't want it to just be women's. Gotcha. You know what I mean? They want to include everyone. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's the one I want. And that's that's more down the path of the pelvic yeah, health. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, so they you, specialize you in have to have 2,000 patient contact hours, um, which if you're working 40 hours a week, I, I think it's like two years. Um, but in this setting, that's a little hard to get 40 yeah. hours a week. So yes. it's probably going to be a little bit longer for well, me. 40 hours of patients a week is a lot more hours of total work. Right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's probably like 80 hours, 80 hours of yeah. working. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, it'll probably be longer. It'll probably be like more five years. Okay. So this is really, like, you're really diving into this oh, yeah. and that's what, yeah. that's I wanna, awesome. I want to be, you know, I want to be that person who people can go to you mm-hmm. know there's a lot of people out there not talking bad about anyone but there are some pts out there that take the level one course which mm-hmm. is like the introductory one um so it's one out of four and then the next day call themselves a pelvic health specialist mm-hmm. i personally don't agree with that Um, Mm -hmm. And again, it's individual, like they could have a ton of other public health experience and be drawing from that too. Mm -hmm. Um, But my issue is when you advertise things that you aren't certified to treat. I get you. Yeah. 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 Um, So you hold a lot of weight in the certifications. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how do you determine which one is the valid or not? So what, Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Um, well, there's really actually only one or two companies um, that do this pelvic health okay. certification. So it's not, so it's not, it's a, not a it's not a brand okay. thing. Like it's with training, like there's a lot of junk out there. Okay. So it's like you could you could have a like a list of ten to twenty. Right. But that doesn't necessarily at least in my this is one person's opinion. Yeah. In my yeah. opinion, that doesn't necessarily make you a great trainer. Yeah. Um, but I also agree that if you're not learning anything, like mm -hmm. you have to have something that you've done to show for. Right. Um, I mean, results are number one, mm -hmm. but also it, you need to have learned information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally, yeah. yeah. Um, so the two companies is the APTA, mm -hmm. um, I guess organizations I should say. APTA, which is the American Physical Therapy Association, that's the one that I went with. Mm. And then the other one is Herman and Wallace. Okay. Um, so both of these, as far as I know, are the only ones that really certify you to do internal work. Yeah. There are some other companies out there that go over kind of just the gist of pelvic health, um, but they don't focus on internal work. Okay. And to me, that is not pelvic health. Um, I think it's. I think everyone should know about pelvic health. I think everyone should know, you know, how to screen for it and what to look out for and how to teach people mm -hmm. the things that they need to that um, relate to what they're seeing them about. Yeah. But when you, I guess, go into pelvic health, it should be internal because that really is the difference. Yeah. You know? Um, so, for, so for people listening, like, mm -hmm. How would you even know, like, if you should maybe go see someone? Like, yeah. what, what are some things that are symptoms of pelvic health issues that people mm -hmm. listening may be like, oh, that's, I've got that and yeah. should consider? Yeah. I feel like the list is endless. Okay. But no, I'll go over, Name like, the couple. super common. Yeah. So, very, very common ones that I see is urinary incontinence, mm. um, especially in the active population um, when they're jumping, when they're sneezing, when they're laughing, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're leaking urine when you're doing that, that means that your pelvic floor isn't turning on when it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. And that, that in of itself isn't a big deal for everyone. It's more of, in my eyes, what happens after that. Okay. So that's showing us that your pelvic floor isn't working properly. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? That means that is your core working properly? You know, are your hips doing what they're supposed to, moving how they're supposed mm -hmm. to? That kind of stuff. Okay. So people, um, I guess the best thing would be if you have like a symptom like that, where in our culture now it's kind of normal. Like well, people I, are talking I say I know a lot more. of women that in the gym, yes. like if they do a heavy deadlift or jump yeah. or something, that they leak a little bit. Yeah. And I, I've always been told that that's not normal, yes. and I never Thank understood you. why until uh -huh. now, which yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I love that you said that yeah. because um, I see it a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so common, and I'm really happy that people are talking about it mm -hmm. and that they're not ashamed about it because they shouldn't be because no. it's so common. Yeah, just I never love be that. ashamed of any kind of dysfunction. It's right. just address, address it for what it is and right. then figure out how to improve. Yeah. yeah, my concern is more about like what I said. What does that you know? What does that affect? Mm -hmm. What is that going to cause down the road? You just don't know. Yeah. And so if you have, you know, that symptom right now, let's fix it. Let's address it. Let's, you know, address any dysfunction that's going on so mm -hmm. that you don't have things like prolapse or um, anything else like low back pain, SI pain, that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Now, do you screen for any of that other stuff too, or do you focus mostly on the just the pelvic floor's ability to expand? Oh, yeah. And we, okay. We totally screen. Okay. <laughs> yes. 
because I think um, that's been a great thing that I've learned is that just because you're having a symptom somewhere, you know, specific doesn't mm. mean that it's not coming from another place. Yeah. So I try to look at as much stuff as I can. I say I had yeah. one person with a knee problem in it. Well, again, my opinion, yeah. and what we worked out over several months was it was like it actually was coming from an issue with her left shoulder, yeah. and it was the right knee problem, yeah. and it was like showing how much down the chain that that is right, connected, and, right. and once we addressed learning. that initially, then the knee pain symptom went away. Yeah. Like it was like okay, yeah, and so it's awesome. It's cool that you explore mm -hmm. the whole thing. So you do any kind of like movement assessment with them, mm -hmm. or like okay, yeah. Mainly, um, unless I feel, unless they're like a very specific athlete, like a weightlifter or anything like that, that always does a certain specific movement. Yeah. I kind of keep it general at first, like just watching them walk, just mm -hmm. watching them squat, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you can pick up a lot on that, honestly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I use basic stuff too. Like yeah. I don't make anything super complicated. Right. Natural things that we are going to do in our daily lives right, anyway. Right, exactly. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Um, so besides like... The PT aspect of it, you, I mean, we're here at a Pilates studio. Uh -huh. um, you seem very interested in just holistic health in general. Yeah. So what, what kind of other areas, like you touched on, so how much of the, we'll go to the breath a little bit, because uh -huh. how much of that is spent from what you've learned in the pelvic health certifications, mm -hmm. and then how much of that too do you, do you look anywhere else as far as like breathing yeah. techniques and things like that? Yeah, totally. Um, I don't know as much as I want to about okay. like the alternative, like the Wim Hof and all that mm -hmm. stuff. Um, I've looked into it, um, but I think it really ties into the theories that we learn in pelvic health anyways. Okay. And that is like controlling the parasympathetic versus the sympathetic nervous system. Yeah. That is another reason, like diaphragmatic breathing, it seems so simple, but it is, right. it is amazing. Like it does so much mm -hmm. because as you probably know, um, the Maybe. vagus nerve. <laughs> so the vagus nerve runs through the diaphragm, and by doing that big diaphragmatic breath, you're kind of massaging that nerve, um, and you're more turning your body towards the parasympathetic system. So that's kind of like that relaxation, you know, rest digest system, mm -hmm. and that like with the pelvic floor is going to help it relax. It's going to um, help you kind of relax. So, yeah. So what techniques do they teach to you guys to do to help someone mm -hmm. get gain control of that diaphragm? Breathing? Yeah. Um, there's a lot. So Just give me some good ones. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, for, I mean, we always, you know, assess their diaphragmatic breath. Um, if they can't, you know, move the diaphragm how it's supposed to move, then we go to the ribs. And how, how is it supposed to move? Just in a, the dome. I mean, you can't see the diaphragm, obviously, mm -hmm. but you can see how it's impacting the body. Um, so if their ribs aren't expanding like they should be, um, if they're not really getting an elongation of the pelvic floor, then you can kind of focus more on how is the diaphragm moving. Mm -hmm. um, and that really goes into how are the ribs sitting. Okay, and so, how should they sit? Because I'm gonna yeah. actually see how much this parallels with what I okay, was just yeah, told. Okay, yeah, totally. Just, yeah. So they should sit, um, I mean, just kind of in. Okay. As you can imagine, just like in like that. And then when you take an inhale, they expand. Mm -hmm. And so you want that movement. Some people, especially after pregnancy actually, it's very common. Um, well, actually, it, it's normal for your lower rib cage to expand to make room for that baby. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then after you have the baby, the ribs don't always come back. More often than not, they don't come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so we work a lot on that and getting them back to that resting state. Okay. So the diaphragm can work. Properly. So you so you're saying you want the ribs in? I've from an athletic standpoint, mm-hmm. people always talk about athletes with a nice wide rib cage mm-hmm. tend to have the best cardio. So mm-hmm. is that? How does that play in with as far as they should be? A narrow rib cage maybe isn't necessarily mm-hmm. better, but they shouldn't protrude more than for your body. I'm trying to. Now I'm talking about like. the lower ribs. Okay. The upper ribs, we don't really focus on okay. that um, unless there is an issue there, like pain or any gotcha. type of mobility issue. Um, we want the lower ribs are the ones that really okay, should be sit, yeah. moving when you're doing that diaphragmatic breath. Okay. And then yeah, you can feel it if you. Yeah, do I've been it. doing this the last two days because yeah. I. So the the gentleman working on me, he said, and mine wasn't, I guess, super bad, but he said I'm very uh, dominant with my rectus mm-hmm. abdominis yeah. and my breathing, and I wasn't expanding as much through yeah. here yep. and back here yep. as much. Um, that's, so that's it. That's it. Ideally, you want an even mm-hmm. expansion all the way around the core. Is kind of yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just have them kind of focus. Here because of, that's mm-hmm. an easy one to feel moving. Okay, <clears throat> and then he mentioned too. Tell me if this aligns with what you've learned, but mm-hmm. like a lot of people's rib cages, we sit too. They sit too far up, and mm-hmm. they need to be matched down more toward the pelvis. Is that a thing that yeah. you've learned? Okay. Yeah, like a neutral alignment. You mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Well, that um, going back just a little more to the. Uh, I'm interested in the in the rib cage width thing. Mm-hmm. What determines a good like width versus mm-hmm. like is it compared to your upper is it compared to what what do you how yeah. do you determine that so i don't know measurements okay um, as far as i know i don't think there's normal measurements out there right. it's totally dependent on the person everyone's structurally a little bit right. different absolutely yeah. the thing that we focus on is are they moving properly okay so if they're not like if they're stuck in that inspired you know location and they're not coming back in when they're taking a breath out, that's abnormal. Okay. Yeah. So it's not about the position, but they need to have a change. Right, right, yeah. So if there's not a change, then yes, we need to worry about the position. Okay. But if there is a change, no big deal. We don't don't need to focus on that. Gotcha. Yeah. So working back a little bit to Mm -hmm. the other interests in the health field, because yeah, breathing's a big one for me. What else do you like look at that you that you apply here? What yeah. other things have you kind of brought in? So I'm very interested in the psychology aspect. Okay. Of this. And what do you mean particularly by that? Um, so I try to practice. I've taken a few um, continuing education courses on trauma-informed care. Hmm. Um, I think that is insanely important to have when you're dealing with the pelvic floor because you often deal, or you often work with people who have had sexual abuse. Mm. Um, so it, it's vital to yeah. know how to talk to them mm-hmm. and to know how to listen and to have a place, or to have a um, plan in place that if something ever comes up, that you have an answer for them yeah. almost. That's so. going back to that, keeping people comfortable. That's a little yeah. more extreme of a case, but. Yeah. Trying to keep it's, people it's relaxed common. so that you can, I'm sure that, that makes perfect sense to yeah. me that someone with that would have issues in that area. Right, right. And even, it's not it's not just sexual abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, oh, yeah. all of that can manifest into the pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. And so it, I think it's so important. I wish, um, thinking about like my education, 
I wish we had more focus on that. Yeah. Because as PTs, we are like a super unique healthcare professional mm -hmm. that gets to spend so much time with these people and you really get to know them and you really have the opportunity to listen and change like their situation in that way. Yeah. Um, so I, that's one thing that I really wish that I no, had I, more training on. I 100% agree. I think yeah. too often in the healthcare, whatever you want to call it, but mm -hmm. we get so boiled in on, on that particular issue. Yeah. Um, and it's getting a lot better of talking to more and more people like you and Alexis mm -hmm. and other people, but we need to take that step back and look at everything because yeah. it all is in play. And right. like, I mean, the way, like I tell everyone too, the, the biggest things for me, training wise, like mm -hmm. it's not even has to do with training. I'm like, we're going to talk about your sleep and nutrition and then stress yeah. management is like, yeah. that's, that's a bigger base of the pyramid to me than anything I'm going to actually right. do with you. Cause it's often like the thing that starts it all. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's, it's the foundation. It's, you know, that is the issue. Yeah. And so if you don't, I'm not saying I'm a psychologist or a counselor, like I don't try, you know, to get them to talk to me about right. it if they don't want to, but I want to be there for them mm -hmm. if they ever want to talk about it. Cause you know, talking about things like that, it can help. It does. Absolutely. Really stress. And, yeah. Well, yeah. The, I mean, the brain controls the body and it, it does a lot more than I think general education has been willing to admit yes. um, over the course of the years. Um, yeah. Where, you know, just being in a relaxed state versus being in a stressed state can mm -hmm. make a huge difference in your health and, and physically. Mm -hmm. Like, you, like, I mean, think about any time if you get frustrated, what happens? We, we tense up yes. somewhere, right? That yeah. And we don't even think, it's not intentional, but we, you, you, know, you make a fist, your shoulders yeah. come up. You, yeah. And that's a, that's a physical mm -hmm. reaction, and that's happening on multiple levels all the time, mm -hmm. subconsciously, consciously, mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really cool that you want to explore the psychology of it more because yeah. it's, it's all going to be connected. Yeah. 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 Um, so what are you looking to do? Is there any place in mind that you're looking for that? Does anyone, is there anyone that you know that deals with that in relation to this field in particular? Um, no. 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 So that's the thing is, is getting the gaps bridged because yeah. there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of good stuff here. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of good people on breathing. There's mm -hmm. a lot of good people on PT. There's a lot of good right. people on psychology, yeah. but we're all kind of compartmentalized exactly. a little bit and yeah. trying to bridge that gap a little bit. Yeah. I'm trying to do it right now between the PT and the mm -hmm. training. Right. Um, but if we can get everything else in, then we'll have a much better healthcare yeah, yeah. system as it goes. I will say like um, a lot of the PTs, like my mentors in pelvic health, they mm -hmm. have kind of stressed the um, importance of the parasympathetic yeah. system in all of this. So in, in that aspect, there definitely are people. Oh yeah, there's that. a lot of people. It's yeah. the, we're getting the structure. Right, of it yeah, kinda... yeah, yeah, and I, I wish there was like um, like a course or something like a psychology for healthcare providers, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. something that would kind of bridge that gap that um, is a little bit more. Well, let me ask official. you this: Is there anything that you've seen yourself as a trend mm -hmm. with that that you like as far as that connection that you deal with people as far as how much it affects them being nervous on the table versus oh, being God, relaxed? Yeah. So, what kind of things? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think. I mean, like specifics, like of what yeah, I do. Be, yeah, or? general specific. But I, I'd be curious to see what, in, what your experience with people is, like mm -hmm. if anything. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think hmm, I really just try to. I don't know how to answer that. No worries. Hmm. Is there is there like is there any case that you can think of where like 
it could be as basic as just like you said, like you're not able to work on someone because of maybe they're too oh, okay. tense and just by the fact of talking them down and getting them to relax, then you're able to okay. perform. Is there you. anything like that you. or? Yeah, yeah, um, okay. that, that's happened more often than not, mm -hmm. um, that you have someone, you can just tell that they're nervous and like super stressed out. Yeah. And it's really almost talking to them, um, I don't know, as personally as you can. Mm -hmm. um, just trying to find different ways to relate to them, you know, talking to them about things outside of PT. Like yeah. not getting them to focus so much about what's going on right now. Right. And kind of connecting to them in a way um, outside of what they're nervous about. Hmm. I found it a super good technique. Um, it just, yeah. Yeah, kind of, kind of make them, them forget about what's going on and yeah. just, yeah. Yeah. Give them some comfort yeah. and then things open right up mm -hmm. and you're able to get your work done. Right. Absolutely. But if they like disclose something to me that's super personal and they, you know, um, start to get tearful or anything like that, I've found that the best thing really is to just listen. Yeah. Like literally just listen. Don't break eye contact unless you are feeling that it's making them uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, don't really ask questions about it. Like they're not telling you to find an answer. Right. They're telling you to be heard. Mm -hmm. And so, listen. It's really as simple as that. Yeah. Like, it really is. But I think a lot of people get uncomfortable in those conversations and in those situations. Mm -hmm. And they just, like, start talking and start trying to give them answers. Or, like, oh, well, have you tried this? Have you tried this? And that that's often more harmful than it is helpful yeah because it just makes them feel like they haven't done enough for what they went through and that's not always true right you just sometimes you just gotta let people feel right exactly yeah. yeah there's nothing wrong with it there's nothing wrong with if they cry you just have to reassure them that their feelings are valid mm -hmm. that they're being heard and that this is a safe space if they want to talk more about that fine i'm yeah. here um, and I got a box of tissues, so we're good. There we go. We're all set. <laughs> okay, so a little bit of breath work, a little bit of the psychology, and a yeah. little bit of therapy. Um, yeah. say. Um, anything else that you kind of incorporate or that you'd like to know more about maybe that you think will help um, yeah. your practice? Yeah, I'm interested and I'm trying to look up more ways about um, kind of the how to turn on the parasympathetic system. Okay. So, like I said, the diaphragmatic breathing is really my main way, um, but I'm super interested to l learn more. Okay. Like, is there anything that you? No. No. Okay. So just I, it's like into, super hard to find. Yeah. So you should look into some like light therapy type stuff like light that. Light therapy. Light and well. I don't know if it's more light or color, what colors are reflection okay. of light or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but something to do, there's things to do with that and just, or like climates and sound therapies, things like that okay. are pretty cool areas okay. that I've seen. Not that I know a ton about it, but yeah. I'm big into the, all the different aspects of the nervous system and those seem okay. to be some things that tend to help out. Um, okay. Well, why don't you talk a little bit about, uh, so how, how is, is your, was your issue that got you into this? Has that been fine ever since? You've been able to yeah. stay on top of um, that? For the most part, Does it yeah, take a lot tricky. of maintenance? Um, yes, it's more for me because it is that stress aspect. Okay. That I think really that that was 
the foundation yeah. of what started it. Yeah. Um, it's more stress management. Okay. So what do you do to manage stress? So I have so many hobbies. <laughs> I saw that. I followed you on Instagram. Yeah. I'm, I'm, we're going to talk about all that because yeah. that's pretty cool. I, I mean, I just dive into stuff and it's not... Part of me thinks like, am I, you know, running away from something? That, mm. that psychology kind of aspect comes out like, am I running away from yeah. something or, you know, trying to cover it up? No, I think I'm just the type of person that I get so into something and I put like my all into mm -hmm. it. Um, that when you're in this type of profession and you put your all into, you know, other people, it's pretty exhausting. Yeah, uh, I love it. I literally cannot imagine doing anything else, mm -hmm. but you have to have other outlets. Um, and so anything active, running, um, rock climbing, it all is, it requires so much focus. Yeah. that I don't think about anything else. Okay, so it kind of shuts out. It's yes. almost a meditation in yes. a sense. Yeah. yeah, like an active meditation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you strike me as someone with a lot of energy like myself, yeah. which is a good thing, but yeah. sometimes uh, you, you got to use it in one way or the other. And, and even though we use energy a lot in our work, um, actually it's more of getting energy from the other things, yeah. I guess. That's more of a recharge. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. I just... I spent the whole, I, I had my clients canceled this morning. I spent the first two hours of my day hiking barefoot in the woods because I'm just like, <laughs> I, just, I need awesome. to do something. I want to do right. this. Um, but uh, no, that's really cool that you're into a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you said you found Alexis at your climbing gym. Yes. What, gym, what climbing gym was that? Mosaic again? Climbing Gym. Do you gym? know Linda Sperling by any chance? Does she go there? I think so. I used to work with her okay. when she was an avid rock climber. Now she's okay. in the mountain biking. But uh, me too. Which are, I saw that, so it was a good <laughs> segue. So which are, yeah, it was funny that rock climber into mountain biking. Okay, that's super like, go common, hand hand. apparently. I, would, it's, I think it's that focus aspect. That, like if you, you're obviously a adrenaline, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I love adrenaline stuff. Um, but then also both of them require an insane amount of focus. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why. I think you just want to climb things one way or the other, yep, right? You yep. want to get up the that hill, mountain. hill, a rock face, whatever. Yeah. So what got you into rock climbing? How long have you been doing that? Um, so my husband and I, we went on a date night um, yeah. to a local climbing gym. And like, I guess before, I was never into really adventurous stuff. Okay. Like, I didn't know that yeah. I loved adrenaline. Like, I, I had no idea. So he exposed that. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, we got into it together. Oh, okay. Like, nice. we're That's both, awesome. like, super passionate about the same stuff, which is really helpful because yeah. we, we do everything together. And it's That's fun. perfect. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. We but, started that way and then just got hooked. So like, how long have you been climbing then? For? About... So we went on a date night like maybe four years ago. Okay, so it's been a while. Well, we have not been climbing four years. Oh, uh, okay. We started that and then like kind of trickled into it. Like, okay. oh, we're just gonna do like once a month because it's pretty pricey to get into. Yeah. Um, so then about two years ago, we found a gym in Louisville where we were living um, and we just connected with the people so well and they like, really motivated us to get really into the sport yeah so that's when i i consider that the start of our climbing career okay it's about two years ago because that's that's when we fell in love with it when we started we were kind of like oh this is a fun thing to do but we weren't like climbers we're obsessed you know? with it, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah we're obsessed now <laughs> okay so do you do is it mostly gym climbing have you done um what do you, i don't even know the terms we, what do you call it yeah 
Do they have names for that? What, what do you call oh, just actual like climbing versus outside? Okay, I, I didn't know if there was there's a probably, lingo. There's, it's like another language, so there's probably a term for it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even know. I don't care. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, we try to travel the world for it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so we climbing for me is more about the experience and more about seeing like a different perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I'm there's a lot of people in the sport that are like a grade chaser. Um, and that's basically just someone who's always trying to be the best, okay. you know, trying to climb the hardest route, trying to do all this. That's too stressful for me. Mm -hmm. That's not why I'm doing this. You know, it's more for a, a like I said, an active meditation. Um, so we really enjoy going around the world and finding like these awesome climbs that have great views, and that's our focus. That's awesome. Yeah. And how that how did that transition into mountain biking? So, so is that a fairly new one for you? Oh, super new. Okay. <laughs> but like I said, when yeah, I get into something, Lingo. I really get into <laughs> something. <laughs> so Josh, my husband, has been mountain biking probably for four or five months. Okay. Um, and he's the same way. Like if he gets into something, he's he all in. yeah, we're we're like the same person <laughs> in that aspect. Um, and so he was trying to get me into it and like just showing me all these videos and tricks and like, oh, this is like all this cool stuff that you can do. And I was really reluctant because I don't know, I just, I, whenever I do something, I think of all the injuries that I'm going to have. Oh yeah. Like that's my first thought. Like I'm going to fall and break my clavicle. So <laughs> I don't really want to go there. But we found, um, a place that was renting out mountain bikes. So right now in COVID, there's a bike shortage for some reason. Uh -huh. Okay, makes sense. People like everyone is buying exercise. Bikes. Yeah, there was a yeah. gym, home gym equipment shortage. Yeah, at the yeah, yeah. So. It's the same thing. So he's been trying to get me into this this whole time, and there is no one that I could try out a bike. So I'm like, okay. I'm just not going to do it. And then we finally found a place, and I literally mountain biked for like eight hours that day. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, let's go again. It's so fun. <laughs> I mean, Where are some good spots around here? Um, so Idlewild, uh, it's in Kentucky. Okay. It's kind of by um, Burlington. Okay. That's where we usually go. Um, they have like easy, intermediate, advanced trails. It's really pretty um, shaded, so it's like nice and cool. But then um, Devue Park is also another good one. Okay, I don't know where that is. Either. We we live in Covington, Kentucky. Oh, okay. So well. we really only know like those spots. There's definitely some. I think there's one in like Mount Airy. I was gonna say that's where I hike a lot. I see yeah. some there. I just wondered in comparison, yeah. like if that's a good spot or not. I think Mount Airy is good. I know um, Loveland bike park is good and then they have a whole trail yeah but I think I remember doing that when I was real young but that's more of a paved thing or do they have oh I don't know someone told me that it was mountain I know there's I've a Loveland bike trail I just like okay. I'm sure there is a more mountain bike one when I say trail it's paved so it's, mm -hmm. it's a bike road I don't know what yeah. you want to call it yeah I don't know I've never been there it's on the it's on the list <laughs> and so I wanted to ask you about the other looked like new hobby was you're now going to be a bassist oh my gosh yes you saw that yes yes, yes. <laughs> i i am a four well i just haven't played in forever but oh i that was my i had a punk band in grade school into high school that and I was is the awesome yeah. that's awesome <laughs> so that is another thing that i love yes i don't practice as much as i want to um, it's more of like a, i i love music mm -hmm. and i've always i used to play piano okay um, i always wanted to be um just like musically inclined yeah um but i hated piano so i didn't no. go that route 
Um, so Josh plays guitar. He's okay. like an avid guitar player. So yeah. he's teaching me bass. Gotcha. Yeah. I was wondering, because not many people would choose that one to yeah, start. Kind of I did because my dad played bass. Yeah. So I was like, you should try that. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wanted it because it complements him and mm-hmm. his stuff. And he all, he already had like so many guitars. So I'm like, let's just add another one. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So y'all can have some jam sessions. Yeah. yeah. You we find a drummer now. Yeah, I know. We actually <laughs> had a jam session last night. There our you neighbor, go. Our neighbor plays guitar. So he okay. came up and played with us. That's awesome. So how long have you been doing that for? Oh, I think I got my bass in oh my god i can't remember probably april i think okay so this is this is really fresh yeah yeah Yeah. super new yeah Yeah. i took um like one or two lessons with a um instructor to see if i would even like it Mm -hmm. because bases are very expensive yeah so i wanted to make sure that i was gonna actually like stick with it if i did it and i loved it it was super fun four string five string um four four string gotcha what's your what's your music style um I think I mostly like like an R and B, um, kind of a contemporary R and B is okay. really my style. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. What does he like to play? Kind of the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. That's interesting. That's really cool. That's actually yeah. one of my favorite sounds. Is that live band R and B type? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do you find between the the rock climbing, mountain biking, bass? Do you got any other ones? Okay, <laughs> Not yet. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure that I'm so sure we'll add a few. <laughs> but between all those. Do you see any overlap in any of that mm-hmm. in what you do here? And if so, can you elaborate? I think the mentality is the biggest thing. Okay, what do you, um, what do you mean particularly by that? All, mostly the rock climbing, the mountain climbing, you really have to be um, calm, mm. confident, collected. Attention to detail. Yes, attention to detail um, in that, you know, if you make one mistake, it, your life's in danger yeah. so like it forces you to be like that you know mm-hmm. and that really translates over into patient care because um if something happens you know last minute i don't freak out yeah i don't i don't react um and you so keep your composure that's gonna make the patient feel better yeah um i think that's that's the best thing that I have learned from my hobbies mm-hmm. is to, you know, keep my composure and be calm in a stressful situation. I got it's you. so useful. Yeah. So useful. Anything else? Any other skill sets that you feel like transfer? Um, strong fingers. Strong, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a very good manual therapist. So, say, so when you do, like, if you do any tissue on people, oh, like, yeah. do, you, do they feel your finger calluses from so playing? Is that... I, <laughs> this, this is probably going to sound super gross for people who don't, like, I don't know, have calluses. You have to sand them down. Yeah, I bite mine, which isn't the best thing no, to do. No, okay, no. So I it's sand my hands, which yeah. is so, I think it's so weird. But, it, I mean, it helps it make make them feel smooth. And Better, like yeah. That. yeah so well, I haven't yeah. had any complaints yet. <laughs> I shouldn't even say I just hope. from the base, from the rock climbing. I'm yeah, sure def- no, that, that's that. where I get yeah. my calluses. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely, like, all over. I say people don't, like be like what are you doing like this yeah, yeah. Like, it's like sandpaper <laughs> <laughs> i should start doing that i've always been told you should file them down yeah i don't have the guitar ones as much anymore because i don't play it as much but yeah. the the lifting and carrying things yeah. ones, and I, like i said i know it's not a good habit but yeah we'll work on that Sa- sandbar have you ever heard of sandbar like the, the place with the volleyball no no it's a brand <laughs> oh, oh it's, like, <laughs> it's a brand okay. um like for that they, oh, it's for like for crossfit hands. actually yeah they, okay. it's like a tube that you just like wrap your hand around and it, it helps like get rid of all the calluses 
How? It's the same thing as sandpaper. It's way more expensive than just sandpaper. So if you okay, want to go so just route, sandpaper, just go to Lowe's. Yeah. <laughs> find a rough enough wall and just right. run against it. That makes sense. Um, so anything else that you're looking to get into? Do you have any another hobby on mind, or, do you, or is your plate kind of full that you're like, all right, let me just... Yeah, I'm trying. I, I feel like there was something recently that like, oh, I should do that. Yeah. But then I had to remind myself, like, I, I don't even time. have enough time to, yeah, to practice bass as much as I want. Like, I need to chill and Thanks just so. focus on the stuff that, yeah. I so which have. one's the forefront right now? What's, what's the focus? Climbing is always my number one. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, it's my main workout. Yeah. Um, I, other than that, I pretty much, I'm starting to get back into running. Um, okay. I used to be a very big runner. Yeah. And then I kind of got off and now I'm getting back into it. Um, and then injury prevention stuff is literally all I do. Okay. So rock climbing is a great exer- a great workout and mountain biking. Yeah. So is there is there one thing, what's one thing that you feel like you need to do in your rock climbing career? Do you have anything like that that you're like, uh, like I have goal, to climb this place Like or my something? major goal? Yeah, if you oh, got a grand a goal. One. It doesn't even have to be the biggest one. Is there, is there just one in particular that's like, I, I definitely know I want to do that? Yeah. I think my main, I mean, mm, I guess I will say it in a goal, uh, as a goal. I think my main goal in all of my climbing is to just be able to go somewhere and climb whatever I want to climb. Okay. Because right now, we're still, even two years into it, we're still kind of only in the intermediate. Oh, I'm sure it, it, it takes, takes forever yeah, to get just really good. Almost anything, yeah. yeah. Um, and so we go to these super cool places and we can only do like one route. Okay. And so my goal is to be able to <clears throat> like travel wherever I want to all these in- amazing climbing locations mm-hmm. and just do whatever I want. How do they how do they vet that for the route like could you if you wanted to could you just try it or is there like you have to have a card that's like I'm a green level for outside I mean for <laughs> Well, I guess I'll break it up. So the inside, um, you do have to be certified in, so we lead climb. Okay. That's a specific type of climbing. Um, You're setting the stuff in, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, no one knows. I know a little bit. That's awesome. Okay. (laughs) Yes. So that is what we do. Um, And inside you have to, you have to be certified for that obviously, because it's a different type of climbing. Like there's certain techniques and skills that you have to have. Um, but no, there's nothing saying that like you can't do this grade. Mm. You can try whatever you want. Okay. Uh, it's actually encouraged inside to do that because it's safer. It's less, yeah. And that's what that's how you progress is pushing you your grade, to, yeah. right? That, that's how it <laughs> happens. Um, but outside, it's pretty dangerous <laughs> yeah. to do that. Um, I mean, you can push your grade outside, but I, I don't. I, I try yeah, to so save it for the gym. And yeah, exactly. The, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So you, you just kind of said uh, a little bit about your exercise habits. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, rock climbing, mountain biking, those are awesome, great things. And mm-hmm. you said mostly outside of that, what you do is injury prevention mm-hmm. stuff. What, yep. what kind of things, what do you consider injury yeah, prevention? Yeah. Um, so rock climbing, I really focus on antagonist movements. Um, so all of basically everything in rock climbing is pulling mm-hmm. um, there's some other movements but the majority of it is pulling yeah. so I try to do a lot of pushing just to counterbalance that mm-hmm. um, I really work on my mobility um, because a mobility is great for performance on the wall mm-hmm. but also um, definitely a great injury preventer mm. a lot of people hurt their hips and that kind of stuff so I make sure to have that I gotcha and is this like like you use 
strength training techniques you use, mm -hmm. well, what do you type, typically do for that? For mobility? Yeah. Both. And for and for pushing. Oh, you say yeah. pushing, so like resistance training yeah, with yeah, that yeah. of some yeah, kind? Okay. Yeah, resistance. Gotcha. I mean, I'll do push-ups. Um, I mean, I'll do pull-ups too. That's more for the performance side of it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, most of my injury prevention is pushing. Okay. And yeah, some weights, some body weight, because climbing is, is all body weight. Right. So you don't have to add weights if you don't need no, to. No, you, you could get away with never. Right. I, I tell everyone, no one needs to weight lift, but I think everyone can benefit from some form of yeah, resistance yeah, training. Totally. And that can be body, can mm -hmm. be bands, can be whatever, but mm -hmm. you, you have to overcome a resistance exactly. of some kind. Weights is just the most typical one. Yeah. Easy to use. We've yeah. done it a lot. We've got a lot of standards with it. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so you mentioned we're in the Pilates place here again. Mm -hmm. You're going to try that? Yes. What other things Learning are you? so much stuff. Like um, that? I've been... Like so I really don't like go to exercise classes or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not a fan of classes. I don't have experience. So I've been going um, to, like I went to an exercise class this morning okay. at the body shop. Yeah. Um, and I went to another one last week. They kicked my butt. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Cause I mean, like I said, all the only resistance training I do is antagonist stuff of what I'm already doing on the wall. Mm -hmm. um, I do a little bit when I'm really into running, but right now I'm not really into running. So mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't really do anything with my legs. So it's a little hard to walk right now. Okay. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> sore. <laughs> so how often do you climb? How often do you bike? And how often do you do your other stuff? Um, climbing, we try to do three to four times a week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we're addicted. Yeah. And we're there for like at least two hours. Okay. Yeah. So that's putting it's intense. Yeah. It's intense. It is. Um, and I mean, it's not like you're pushing your limit every single time you go. Like you're right. supposed to have easy days where you just work on skills and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's still an, an insane workout. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And then how often do you mountain bike? Right. Mountain bike. It's mostly because of my schedule, um, usually just once a week right now. Mm -hmm. And because I'm not used to that, my legs get super sore. Okay. It's like very, very hard on your legs, <laughs> especially your quads. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Do yeah. they wear Do they wear the shoes like the street bikes with the, like, you the can. cleats? Okay, yeah, I was just you curious. can. You're supposed to, I don't because I'm not skilled enough yet. Okay. So you need to have, a, um, it's called a, a track stand where it's literally, you stand completely still on the bike, you're not moving, and you're mm -hmm. supposed to maintain that balance. Oh, without it's it. It's very moving. hard, yeah. very, very hard. So you're really not supposed to have those clip-in shoes until you can do that, because it's like a certain maneuver to unclip, and it can be dangerous if you like suddenly Okay, fall. so you have to have better control if yep. you were, I got yep. you, that makes sense. So I'm not there yet. Okay. And I then, just wear like chucks, <laughs> just wear like the that's traction. That's style. Yeah. Uh, and then how many days a week do you do your antagonistic stuff um, and your mobility? Probably just like two, two or three. It, it's really just maintenance. It's not yeah. like I'm not trying to gain That's any not your goals anything. for anything. Your goal yeah. is for climbing and you're doing just enough to support your climbing. Yes. That's perfect. Yes. That's, mm -hmm. that's all anyone needs to do is yeah. minimal effective doses. What right. I always preach is what will get you to do what you want to do without mm -hmm. too much wear and tear on yeah, your body. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Um, and then... So kind of going back to any of the overlapping stuff with that, mm -hmm. um, with all of those skills, 
and everything that you do and what you've learned, the value that it gives to you. Do you like talk to any of your patients about stuff like that? Like activities oh, yeah. outside of, or do, is there mm-hmm. anything that you recommend to people that they do so that not even just maybe specifically for what you see, but I'm sure you see all the other underlying issues when they come in. Like mm-hmm. how much do you talk about people with things like other aspects of health outside of here and nutrition and things like that? Do you do any of that? Um, I, so I'm a believer in admitting that you don't know enough to talk about something. That's fair. Um, I don't know enough about nutrition to talk about it. I know like the general, like for constipation and stuff like that, like Mm -hmm. you need this much fiber and this is where you can get it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I really try not to preach nutrition unless okay. it's like obvious, like they're only eating fast food. Right. Like, okay. I was just wondering how much, broccoli. like just general, like, yeah, just general. I, Cause I know with like scope of practice issues, like yeah, you don't want to yeah. cross any lines, but yeah. like, as far as like, if you had some, like, well, you know, maybe if you try, I don't know how much. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Nutrition wise, not really. Okay. I do talk about like probiotics and like when it comes to stuff that I you know work with okay. I want to make sure that that nutrition is there because yeah. I know it's important if it deals specifically with what right. you're doing yeah. okay but gotcha. like general diet and stuff I don't okay I don't and then like what about for like activity wise I mean mm-hmm. are there things that you prescribe people to do exercise wise oh yeah yeah okay. yeah yeah um, they're pretty at the beginning they're pretty basic mm-hmm. it's really I try to only like have them do one or two things because I know life is hard and difficult and if you can give them one thing and guarantee they do it it's better than giving them 10 and be like you might know oh yeah there's been places where I was a student where we gave them like 30 minutes a day of exercises like they're not even working out in general they're definitely not going to do this so they're not going to do any of it if you just give them one that's like really going to focus in on what's happening yeah they'll probably do it so (laughs) Yeah. Um, now, do you get how often? Because Alexis was talking about. I can't even remember, honestly. I'm sorry, Alexis. I don't remember how many times you said <laughs> that people come back to you in general. But what's like a typical? Um, like nothing's typical. Mm-hmm. Best you can make it. Um, how often do you typically? <laughs> how often do you see someone? Um, generally. Like how many times or yeah. once a week, things like that. What what kind of I'm I guessing you kinda of operate similar to what she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, usually one time a week. One time a and, week. And um so that is kind of coming from in a typical PT setting. A mm-hmm. lot of people go in two, three times a week. Mm-hmm. And most of the time it's because the PT doesn't have enough time with them in that in one that setting. One yeah. Yeah. They have like fifteen, twenty minutes and then they get passed on to a tech. Okay. Um, yeah, so we won't go down that rabbit hole. But <laughs> right. I feel like we can talk about that for a while. Yeah, we covered um, a lot of that in the yeah. last one. Um, so in this setting, you only get me, you know, I am like, like I said, I'm putting all of my energy into you, into that hour. That's my focus. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get a lot more done with that. You get a lot more education. Um, so yeah, once a week is more appropriate for this type of setting. Mm-hmm. And then once they get more independent, you usually kind of like spread it out every other week. Okay. So a lot of people get tripped up over the cost, um, because it is out of network. It is more expensive. Um, up front, I would front, argue, I would yes. argue maybe not on the back yes, end, exactly, but up exactly. front, it's more money out of your pocket in that moment. Right. I can't tell you how many times where I've you know, been working with someone and they were coming in two times a week 
and I again didn't have enough time didn't have enough energy to really put thought into what I was going to do with them that mm -hmm. second day and so we just kind of did the same thing it it and that's not every situation but right. it can totally be like that and it's super common and it's a waste it's a waste of your time and like you said in the long run it's wasting your money mm -hmm. so I think you know investing all of your time in that one hour yeah. a week or every other week is the much better option. And what, what's kind of the, I'll use this, what's kind of the range of uh, how long it takes to help correct someone with pelvic floor issues? Pelvic floor, super tricky. <laughs> yes, that's why I said um, range this time instead yeah, of typical. Yeah. What's so, the earliest and what's the longest maybe that you can think of that you've dealt with? In my experience in the traditional setting of pelvic floor, like in the traditional insurance-based PT, mm -hmm. um, it could take as long as 12, 16 weeks. Okay. And that's very long. Yeah. Um, but I think in this setting where you can really, really focus on them, really hone down on what's happening, um, probably more like eight weeks. Okay. And I mean, as you know, we see true change in the muscle on six to eight weeks. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's when it should be happening. Yeah. But if you're not working it properly, if you're not progressing as much as you need to be, it's going to take that 12 weeks. Okay. So. Do you ever get anyone though that like just in and out or some cases like that where um, it's just a minor thing? I have or? had patients actually okay. who literally the eval, I educate them on how to contract the pelvic floor and like mm -hmm. just getting them to recognize that there's muscles down there yeah. was enough to stop their symptoms. Okay. Like literally one session. Yeah. It was awesome. It was I a great was feeling. I <laughs> had some of that. Sometimes it is. It's just like, yeah. again, going back to the skill set where it's like you you got the ability, you just have to learn how to do it correctly right, and then right. define. Now we still went like forward with other sessions with her because mm -hmm. you, it's great that she doesn't have symptoms anymore, but you need to know how to apply that in your everyday mm -hmm. life and like functional activities. Yeah. So she was just doing like a pelvic floor contraction while she was laying down. Okay. And then she didn't have any urinary incontinence after that, but you still want to move forward a little bit and make yeah. sure that they're able to apply that so it doesn't come back. Now, do you and Alexis see some of the same people? Do you typically see different people? How does that... It's funny because she, like, I can't remember how long ago. It wasn't that long ago mm -hmm. when I talked to her. I was like, oh, do you ever think you'd expand and, you know, add someone? She's like, oh, that's probably not for a while. And then she was <laughs> like, so hey, funny. you know how I told you that? I actually just hired someone or that's started awesome. working with someone. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, I think it's too early to tell. Okay. I mean, we definitely can. Like, yeah. that's what I like about this setup is that she's the orthopedic expert mm -hmm. and then I'm the pelvic health side of things. Mm -hmm. So we complement each other. Absolutely. That's my that's my favorite part about it is, yeah. you know, if there's an orthopedic question that I have, um, I can go to her and okay. vice versa. That's true. I did forget that this is your second week, so it's yeah, probably it's okay. still it's okay. getting the system down. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely. If there is a patient who I'm seeing them for something pelvic floor related and then it progresses to oh, well, you know, my knee's hurting, or it seems like that's a very simple explanation, but if it seems like, like it's more orthopedic based, um, that I can just refer them to her. Okay. Yeah. You know? And it's like super seamless, super easy. Everything's in house. They don't have to go anywhere new. So. I gotcha. Yeah. I just, I wondered, um, like, cause you guys are both using the space or mm -hmm. are you at just a different locations trade off and yeah. on? Is that how yep, that works? That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Okay. So Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm here at the breathing room mm -hmm. and then Monday, Wednesday, I'm at the body shop. 
Gotcha. And then she, um, it's, it's the opposite. Yeah. So Monday, Wednesday, she's here. Okay. Right on. Mm -hmm. Um, now in your, all of your experience here, mm -hmm. um, like what other things can you advise for people when it comes to your expertise, like just to stay ahead on their yeah. pelvic health? Like, is there things, are there, what are maintenance things to mm -hmm. keep in mind or whether that be lifestyle choices or, mm -hmm. or exercises or whatever, what are things like? Oh, I have so many tips. All um, right, let's <laughs> go ahead. So I've actually been creating like a lot of um, kind of infographic things yeah. for like Instagram and stuff. Yeah, Alexis does that really well. Yeah, so yeah. Cool so I'm trying to do that too. because that's what I want yeah. is for people to know like the basic habits mm -hmm. of how to prevent something like this from happening. Um, so when it comes to like bowel health, um, a lot of people don't know, but there is a pooping posture. Ooh, so okay. have you ever heard of like a squatty potty? Dude, okay. Yes. I have one and I'm okay, so, okay. Nice. I was like, I was like, please That's tell me, need. please tell me this is a good thing. Cause yep. I try and tell everyone like, this be weird, but I'm like, it's a different thing and yep. it's a much better bowel movement. I don't, yes, like I know. the first time I, again, this is probably TMI, but no. if you're listening, you can choose to not listen. <laughs> but like the first time I used it, I told my friends, I was like, I think I had more in there that was in there for way too yeah, long yeah. than I expected. Yeah. Okay. First of all, I love that you have that conversation with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell them, I, I, I've got a squatty potty oh, and not, not on a totally different topic. And I installed a bidet like five months nice. ago and I tell them like, I'm like, I have the best poops in the game. I'm, I'm just saying. scared to try a bidet. It's it interesting. Me out. It's and you know, so mine is like, it's the attachment. I would, mm -hmm. if I had the money, I would get the toilet. And yeah. so I worked for an engineering company that uh -huh. had one. And it was awesome, but that one was like warm water and it like blow dryer, it was, it was decked out. <laughs> Mine is like, you know, cold water to wake you up in the morning, but I still like it way better yeah. than, than yeah. the alternative. Yeah. Um, but yeah, exactly. but I've had my squatty potty for a couple of years now and I always get looks at people Good like, where's you. your poop stool for? I'm like, you're pooping. Well, so to explain okay, why, yes. um, you have a muscle that wraps around the rectum mm -hmm. and it's part of your pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. And when you sit in that posture with your knees up, kind of like you would, it looks literally this looks look like a deep squat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it relaxes that muscle. Okay. And it straightens your colon out. That's so what that I thought. Gravity was, really does all the work. I thought it was a, yeah, an alignment yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So it relaxes that pelvic floor muscle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why do you think we uh, got a, like? I guess we probably just didn't think about that when we made toilets, mm -mm. right? We just didn't consider. No. It's weird how much we'll just do something and not even think about the consequence mm -hmm. of, of, of the change. Yeah. yeah. My theory is um, just like how fast our culture is. Mm -hmm. Like you don't want to take the time. I don't know if you've ever actually like squatted on, like been to another country where they don't have I've, toilets. I've heard about that. No, but I've, it's hard. <laughs> I've gone camping and I, I just do the, the yeah. shovel hole. Yeah. And that's perfectly <laughs> fine. It works for me. It's hard. Yeah. And it takes time. Um, and I think people just want to go, get out, done. Getcha. But that is where the issue is. You can't okay. rush that. Yeah. Um, you have to be fully relaxed. You also don't want to be sitting on the toilet for 10 minutes, but right. you, you don't want to strain or push down mm. and get on with your life. Like mm -hmm. you need to have a little bit of time to yeah. relax the muscles and everything. Like that. Okay. Yeah. So, that, so a big tip would be for someone to maybe invest in something like that squatty or consider potty. Squatty or it doesn't potty. have to be a squatty potty. Like if your kids have one of those little stools so they can reach the sink, yeah. same thing. Something like, okay. Now here's, here's a, question for you mm -hmm. using that should I 
should I be trying to make it as much of a squat as possible? It's like, should I keep my weight on my feet as much as I can? Is that, um, is that ideal or is it more just the posture? It's more just the posture. Okay. Yeah. The important part is that your pelvic floor is relaxed. Okay. Um, yeah, I, as far as I know, I don't think it matters that you have weight on your feet or... Out of curiosity. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> okay, so learn how to have a healthy yes. bowel movement with good alignment. Yes. Um, consider having some kind of elevation with your feet so that your knees are up more and you're mm -hmm. in a better position. Mm -hmm. What uh, what other tips? Um, trying to think of like just general. I mean, it could be as general. Whatever, whatever you're interested in, you want to share it with us. I yeah. want to hear. I mean, I guess talking because constipation I think is the bigger education mm -hmm. um, because that doesn't really like the education part doesn't require skill mm. like when we're talking about urinary incontinence and everything like that um, it, it's easy to say just do a kegel but most people do it wrong and mm. some people aren't supposed to be doing that mm -hmm. so that requires more PT intervention um, so I don't really know how to like advise people on how to prevent that okay you that's a little I mean? more nuanced maybe yeah. can see you for that right I yeah exactly yeah i think it's just more like like preventative maintenance type yeah. stuff things that like how do you maintain a healthy yeah pelvic floor um, um i think i so think the best way to describe it would be maybe i don't know maintaining mobility in the hips okay is probably one of the most important things and by that you mean like flexion or what yeah like, yeah um a little abduction rotation. yeah okay. Rota okay. rotation is huge gotcha. yes because go dancing yeah <laughs> the um deep um external rotators in your hips mm -hmm. those are the muscles that support the pelvic floor okay especially obturator internus so we want that rotation we want to strengthen it in that full rotation um but yeah, the easiest answer for that is like, even just talk to me, it's fine. <laughs> like, yeah. I will answer any questions that you have about it. I love talking about this stuff. Okay. It, it, yeah, it doesn't bother <laughs> me. Um, real quick, going back, I don't want to lose the thought, but yeah. you did mention again constipation. Mm -hmm. is, that, is that the alignment issue or uh, the main cause? Of, um, well, I mean, I know there's probably no, other yeah, factors, yeah, yeah. but yeah. as far as with what you deal with. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it can be, it's mostly about the pelvic floor. Is it able to relax enough so that things can pass through? Okay, so it's just, it's that barrier and it's mm -hmm. not letting the gates open. Yeah, we also work um, a little bit with the abdomen. So the pelvic floor connects into the core, the mm -hmm. transverse abdominis specifically. Mm -hmm. um, and you want that turning on when it's supposed to so that um, you know, you're not bearing down or pressing, like, building pressure inside of your abdomen, mm. that kind okay. of stuff. Okay, mm -hmm. so Nova Salva maneuver yes, on the Nova toilet. Yes, Nova Salva, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you, sorry, I just lost my thought for a okay. second. Um, so in my area field, I deal a lot with the back pain too. Mm -hmm. And for me, a lot of it is weak hamstrings and glutes. Our mm -hmm. back's taking a lot of the load and that's a lot because we do what we're doing right now. We're sitting down. Yeah. Does the sitting a lot tend to weaken our pelvic floor have an effect on that? It can. Okay. It absolutely can. I feel like I would be, I'm more clenched standing up yeah. than I am sitting down. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think of it is like how you're sitting. Okay. So if you have kind of like that posterior pelvic yeah. tilt, like Sit sitting somewhere. kind of more on the sacrum, mm -hmm. that can affect how that joint is working, which then can affect how the pelvic floor is okay. working. So I think of more like that. Um, I'm sure there's other ways. That, I didn't know yeah. how much like postural issues like that Definitely, are, are yeah. affecting. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 
And so just, you know, people get on your feet or sit with good posture. Right, yeah. Things like that. Yeah. Um, okay, besides the the squatty potty, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and is there anything else ahead of time that you can think of? Yes. Um, or what are some other, what are maybe some other symptoms that people might not realize are okay. maybe a sign of yeah, yeah. some kind of dysfunction? Um, so we've covered kind of the urinary incontinence, mm -hmm. the, the overactive pelvic floor, which you'll have like a lot of pelvic pain, um, pain with sex, that kind of thing, mm -hmm. like I mentioned. Um, that also correlates with constipation, um, but you don't necessarily have to have pelvic floor dysfunction to have constipation. Like they're okay. not always connected, you yeah. know what I mean? It's just sometimes they are, and that's where we come in. Okay. Um, other things so much um pelvic organ prolapse okay have you ever heard of that um i know prolapse in general but okay yeah pelvic organ yes. prolapse so it is more common in females it can happen in males um but it's basically where either the bladder um the top of the vagina and the uterus or the rectum or the, even the small intestines kind of come in and push the vagina out okay um, not necessarily all the way out, but it's pushing into that cavity. Mm. Um, so it causes like pelvic heaviness, pain, um, that kind of thing. Um, is that a result of it being too relaxed? Too what weak. is Too weak. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. What are, so, um, what about like that weird bloating feeling that sometimes people get right in the pelvic region? Like, mm -hmm. what is that a symptom of? Sometimes it's like, I always just, it's just gas. I don't know if things are pushing through, but yeah. is that... What is it? Does that have anything to do with uh, what do you, you do? Do you have a specific? Like I've I've heard people always talk about like, like like I've like that bloated feeling. Mm -hmm. They they compare it to the same feeling when you eat too much. So maybe it's just eating too much. Okay. Um, but like they'll say like I've had people complain about like the pressure there, mm -hmm. and like for me that's when that's where I go. You know I don't know what I'm talking about at all. So okay. I'll just be like. Um, I, I, you know, talk about different dietary things that I know cause general bloating, mm -hmm. but in that specific, right. curious, yeah. yeah. Um, do you, do, have you do notice it. if it's more male or female? Or both? It's, it's a good spread Mix? between, okay. yeah. I couldn't say maybe more female, mm -hmm. but and sometimes, because I know there's a lot more going on down there with their cycles and everything, so, right. so that can be a different factor in it, but. Okay. Or yeah. if it, that had anything to do with pelvic health? Uh, it can. Okay. I, it's not like a specific symptom like, oh, if you're bloated, you definitely have pelvic health dysfunction. Yeah. Um, it could be like a, a side thing from something else, okay. like constipation, obviously. Um, I think in that scenario, I would check their abdominal muscles. Mm -hmm. um, just make sure everything's working there um, in the hips and everything like that. Places basically that can refer to the abdomen. Okay. That, that's what I would check, but I I don't know of anything that's specific, like if you have this, that you're going to have bloating Right, there, I mean, most I mean? things don't work like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so what are some, besides you said, um, you're going for this fourth one, you mm -hmm. kind of listed some of the other things you're interested to. Yep. Um, just immediately kind of what what other things do you see for yourself in the future? Let me, let me ask you this. Yeah. If, if you kind of were in charge a little bit of like the way your field in particular and the PT field was going, mm -hmm. what are some changes that you would like to see or mm -hmm. what would you like to see continue that you really like or things like that? What are you yeah, looking for? I love yeah. that question. Um, so I am very passionate about LGBTQ health. Okay. 
Um, I think especially when you get into the topic of trans health that mm -hmm. it directly relates to pelvic floor. <clears throat> right, you're changing things. Yes, yes. <laughs> so if you've had an affirmation surgery or if they practice affirmation like practices, mm -hmm. that affects um, the genitals, that affects the breasts, you know, everything that we work with. Um, yeah. it, it can affect their mobility. Okay. So, yeah. I'm, I wish, that was another thing that I wish that we uh, covered a little bit more in school is um, we really only focused on men and women mm -hmm. um, and kids, obviously. But what about the people who, you know, have a penis but mm -hmm. identify as a woman? Like, how does that change their mm. care? And it totally does because they're like ideal with sexual function. Mm -hmm. So their sex is going to look a little bit different than someone who's heterosexual. That's true. So that's super important for me to know. Yeah. And important for me to know how to work with people in that population. Absolutely. Because they've had different experiences than most people who are heterosexual. Yeah, and so. making them feel comfortable enough exactly. to want to explore right. it because they don't, yeah, making yeah. it more normal to be like, hey, look, I know how to deal with everything. Yeah, or exactly. at least I, at least I can figure out how to deal with right, everything. Right, right. And yeah. if I don't understand, I know how to listen and I'm empathetic. So right. So we're good. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Anything, yeah. anything else that you've considered that you... Um, want to approach or change or just do with this? I touched a little bit on it before, um, but I think my main goal just in general is to reach out to populations that you wouldn't see okay. in a pelvic health setting. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the people around here who do practice pelvic health PT, they focus on the pre-postnatal. And I think okay. that's great. Um, it, it's important. Pelvic health really started as women's health because it, it was a feminist movement mm -hmm. because so much of medicine has been researched on men. Women have really been left out, especially mm -hmm. pregnant women. So I think it's great. It's an important doing that. part of yeah, um, yeah. This, the, part of life, the pregnancy so part. Yeah. yeah, it's good to understand a lot about that. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's great. Um, I do treat people who are pre-postnatal, mm -hmm. but I also really want to focus on other people like men. Um, sexual abuse survivors, that kind of thing that I feel mm -hmm. have been kind of left out. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, this one, a little more intense of a topic, but mm -hmm. for the sexual health stuff, like, mm -hmm. do you deal with any of that where that's the main issue with people and like you're able to help mm -hmm. them with that? Yep. What, what type of things do you see, male or female? I'm yeah. just curious to hear. Um, so female, um, it's classified as vaginismus dyspronia. So mm -hmm. vaginismus is an involuntary contraction of the pelvic floor muscles. Okay. Um, it's kind of tricky where it comes from. Some people think that it's more of a psychological issue, like I said, affecting the pelvic floor. Yeah. Um, so that we work on elongating the muscles, kind of the same as an overactive pelvic floor, okay. um, but a little bit more focus on function during sex. Okay. So getting their um, vagina used to yeah. having that well, I mean, amount of space taken up. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's it's important, I think. Yeah. It's good that you're open to talking about that. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a big part you of have life to have that a we can't personality to do it. So. It can make a lot I'm of people good. uncomfortable. Right. I, and I'm sure especially it can make a lot of patients uncomfortable, especially yes. if they're seeing you for that because yeah. there's an insecurity coming right. from that aspect. Mm -hmm. But it's like, 
I mean, if you want to get better, you got to you right, got to talk about it, and, and yeah. it's a big part of everyone's life again. Yeah. It's why we're all here. Yeah, um. and I know it might make people feel weird, but I think when I approach it, I really try to be like as neutral as possible. Yeah. I don't make jokes. You know, I don't. Ah, uh, so you're better than me. It'd be so unprofessional. <laughs> I've, yeah, I'd have I would never do that. A hard time. <laughs> um. But you have to you have to speak of it like very matter of fact because yeah. that's what it is. Because, like yeah. people sexualize it so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's sex, but people sexualize right. it so much, and you know. And I just I think you really have to just take it down and make it normal. Absolutely. So get comfortable with it. Yeah, and then like on the male side, anything in particular yes. that's okay. So not a lot of people know this, so I love talking about it. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's hear it. Um, we work with, and when I say this, I, I feel like everyone's like. What? Say whatever. <laughs> um, so difficulties with maintaining an erection. Yeah. So in order for an erection to happen, um, arousal obviously has to happen, but mm-hmm. then blood rushes through the penis and then the muscle turns on to stop the blood flow from coming back. Okay. And so that's how you maintain it. So Shuts the door and locks yeah, it off. Yeah. So if you're having trouble with that, pelvic floor strengthening. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And like you would never before I did any pelvic health stuff. I yeah. had no idea. Like no idea that that's how it worked. Yeah. No, I mean that make once you said it like I like saying yeah. I didn't even think about that, but as soon as you say it it's like, well, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Right, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. With all of that that topic and the other ones in particular, do you deal with anything with like understanding hormones or any of that? Does that come into play with what you do? The most, um, that's another area that I really want to get into because I do think that it's super pertinent to what I do. Yeah. Um, the most that I know about mostly comes down to estrogen. Okay. Yeah. And it's role in like skin. Um, so if you're, especially after menopause or if after you've had like a total hysterectomy Mm -hmm. and they took your ovaries out, your body obviously stops producing estrogen. Right. Um, and that can cause skin breakdown and that's often where you get the painful sex okay. with that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's more around the estrogen that I know about. Okay. Yeah. I was curious, I, not especially with the sexual health, I was just wondering if, yeah. if you look, guys look into hormones at all. Or I would be more interested to know about like the role of testosterone in men's health. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I have to yeah. More about. Yeah, it, it plays a big role. I yeah. know. I, I know my end of it and what it affects with what I do. I mm-hmm. mean, and there's there's a ton more that I've been trying to educate myself on to mm-hmm. understand. But uh, those the, the endocrine system is a very undervalued yeah. system in my opinion, and yeah. it, it regulates a lot of what we do and and has a lot to do with our health. Yeah. Um. Well, that's awesome. Um. Is there anything that you would like to leave us with to think about? Ooh. On this. Any last parting words? I really appreciate your time today and giving us some good information, letting mm-hmm. us get inside your head a little bit and tell us a bit about yourself. Um, is there anything that you'd like to leave people with when it comes to um, their I think health? the biggest thing, um, I just don't want you to feel like you don't have somewhere to go. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really like my biggest goal. You would be aware that it's yeah. a, it is a part of our body and yeah. it should be looked, it's, it's important part and it should and be looked at. Yeah, it's, it might not be, you know, um, normal, but it's common and it, it, you shouldn't feel ashamed to talk about it. Mm-hmm. 
no matter how embarrassing you think it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's really what I want people to be more aware of and why I want to be that role okay. for other people. Awesome. Yeah. And why don't you tell people where they can find you if they would like to know more information or reach out to you. Okay, yeah. Um, so my, I guess my work number is that Whatever you want to give out. Do? It's whatever. I, okay. People give me their Instagrams. They give me the Facebook website. They give whatever you want people to okay. know. Whatever you want people to have. Yeah. Not like there's a ton of people that will probably be reaching out after this, but... Um, Well, so I guess you could follow our Instagram. Um, It's Absolute Kinetics PT. Um, And then personally, you can reach out to me by emailing me at tyler at absolutekineticspt.com. And then our work number is 513-208-2257. I hope that's right, because I haven't memorized my number yet. Um, but if it's not, we'll fix it. So. If it's not, you got an email and, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got email website, so you'll find it. <laughs> All right. Well, Tyler, thank you very much for your time today. Absolutely. It was a pleasure sitting down with you. Yeah, it was fun. And for those of you listening, uh, thank you for your time as well. You know where to find me at Adaptive Training Principles on Instagram. That's my website and my Facebook. And I'll try and do better on my social media because I know it sucks right now. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank Bye. you.